Quiet on the set. And action. Welcome to Media and Monuments Podcast, presented by Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Media and Monuments is conversations featuring industry pros speaking on a wide range of topics of interest to media makers. Thanks for joining us. I'm Candace Block, your host for this episode, and today I'm chatting with the award-winning filmmaker Cedric Hill. Cedric is a seasoned creator for both theater and film and has worn many hats, such as production manager, writer, actor, director, production company founder, executive producer, and even associate professor. Several of his projects have won awards, including earlier this year, his short film Noisy, that among many other festival awards, took home Best Short at the American Pavilion of Emerging Filmmakers at the 2022 Cannes Film Festival. Today, we're going to learn more about how Noisy went from concept to Cannes. So welcome to the podcast. Cedric. Hello. It is a pleasure to finally meet you. (laughs) There's clearly so much we can chat about given your multifaceted career, but for this episode, we're going to focus mostly on your short Noisy and its journey. So to begin that story, I'd love to hear a little bit first about your own story. Um, You're involved with both stage and screen. Can you give us some background about how all of that began for you? Um, Yeah, my undergrad, I thought I was going to act and then I graduated and said, nah, I want to tell more of the story. So I studied studying directing formally while I was a stagehand. So I got to create productions and study theater direction um, formally. I apprenticed with four pretty well-known directors. And it took, wow, I apprenticed and studied for about a good six, seven years. They were all old school teachers. So I said, I'm a director. They're like, you are the person who watches and takes notes. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And being a stagehand, I was working, in, uh, was a local one stagehand in New York. And we got an overhire call from ABC. And I saw the start of a TV show. And I said, wow, this is amazing. And then I went through the, um, the PA program and made in New York and worked my way up and started studying. I said, I want to study film direction. They're like, great, go study landscape photography for a year. (laughs) I said, wait, we're going to do this again? They're like, new platform, same process. I said, love of God. So it was landscape photography for a year. Then it was audible storytelling for another year and a half. And then they let me pick up a film directing book. And then, you know, from the Made in New York, I was able to shadow some... um, pretty incredible directors. And now I am, as they would say in the old tongue, a formerly trained director in film and theater. And that took only 11 years. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you really have a solid foundation and paid your dues and... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, it's... uh, I had great teachers who demanded that I do this the right way and not say, hey, I study a book, I'm a director. They're like, no, you're going to actually learn this craft Mm -hmm. as a craft and so thankful very thankful which is one of the reasons why i'm teaching now that's awesome um so getting into noisy more specifically you which you wrote produced and directed um i had the privilege of watching the short before our interview today but for those who haven't seen it can you give listeners a quick synopsis or or teaser even about what it's about um it is it's a simple boy meets girl story uh, on a new york city subway that is loud and angry and aggressive and you know the tagline is sometimes you need a 
noisy place to have a quiet conversation. It takes place in a very pre-pandemic city. So how long ago was Noisy made? Noisy was made right before the pandemic. Um, yeah, like literally we made Noisy and the pandemic happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, and it takes place on a subway car. There's lots of people around as well. Is it something you think you would have been able to do in the pandemic or at all? Uh, we would have, but we would still we wouldn't have gotten the same flavor and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters could have done what they did, even with masks. But no, actually, they couldn't have done it with masks. I mean, half of their communication is in their face. So, mm-hmm. uh, pandemic? No, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> well, so the good thing you had it, you got it done before before everything shut down. Um, so yeah, the the film centers on like. Um, a deaf character and and using ASL and and all of that. Um, So can you walk us through your casting decisions and how you ended up with who you did as the leads? We, uh, I got 500 submissions. I auditioned 200 people and it came down to three people and the two people, they walked in the room together and I was like, and we're done. Good for us. (laughs) Chemistry. (laughs) It It was a long process. But, well, as we can see from your foundation, you know, sometimes it takes time to do it right. And <laughs> like that <laughs> foundation. Do you uh, use sign language or speak sign language? Or how did you um, have the inspiration to have that be a main focus of this? The inspiration was actually coming home from a shoot. Um, I live, you know, I've lived in New York, but now I live right across in Jersey. So I'm taking a bus home and the bus was crowded and a couple walked on and the Husband let the wife sit down and she wrapped her hands around his body and she put her face in her stomach. But what I noticed was her hands, that they were so tense that all the veins were popping out. And she literally looked like she was holding on to the world. And he leaned back and he signed something to her. I can't even remember the sign, but I remember his face. I remember his physicality. And when he did that, it was her hands and they immediately relaxed and got soft and he, she just held on and put her head in the stump. And I said, yeah, I'm watching these people. So you know, I, I did go a little bit past my natural stop by seven just to watch her hands. They never moved. Uh, so I got the idea. And then the story, the story had been, I guess it had been sitting in my head. And I was on the phone with one of the producers. I'm like, hold on. I got to write something. So while um, the producer Pandora was over the phone, I wrote Noisy. It just kind of came out. I was like, all right, here it is. Read it. And from that draft, I think we changed two words. Oh, wow. That's great to see that, you know, people watching is a great inspiration. I know lots of people do that. And it's a wonderful place to find some great ideas for stories because there are stories happening all around us all the time. Well, <laughs> what we liked about noise, it's a very simple story. It's just mm-hmm. it's a girl on a train, they talk and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well so very simple, but what was um what was the production process like for this film? And also um why did you choose to have it in black and white? I wrote it in black and white. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in your mind you just saw it as it, black uh, and white. Yeah. Thing. When I write stories, they're in the color that that I'm writing them in. So some stories are in black and white, some stories are in natural colors, some stories are oversaturated, but I write what I see in my head. Oh, that's cool. Um, now, uh, dyslexia was an issue in school, and now look at what I do for a living. <laughs> perfect. Like, I see everything. They're all images. Mm-hmm. So it works out. Um, 
black and white is also because if you've been in a New York City subway, it's hot, it's steamy, especially in the summer. And sometimes you're tired and you nod off a little bit and you wake up and you think you see something, but you're not sure because, you know, the door could open and they could leave or something will shift and then you can't see anymore. So I wanted it to look like a dream. Oh, okay. So a little bit of a dreamlike quality as well. How'd you get that done? Um, Was it, did you like just, just guerrilla style get in there where there's any permitting? Did you get extras to fill some key seats or anything? Like how did that work? To fill key seats. Um, I have a very creative interpretation of the rules of shooting on the New York City subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a permit. We did have insurance, both railroad and liability insurance. So I did have a provisional permit. So I was permitted. I don't know if it, uh, whew, just creative interpretation of the law of New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you are shooting on a public building or street, if you know, if you don't have dominant access of the space, you can shoot without a permit. Um, the MTA runs the subway, but the land of the subway on belongs to New York City. So technically, I was all on city property. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, hey, this is a creative art, and you're using all <laughs> creative interpretations. Um, yeah, but we had a few extras, but everyone else was just going to Coney Island. <laughs> okay, that's great. Did you have any issue, or how many takes did it? Uh, take we shot 14 takes okay 14 yeah and how was that just one full day one seven and a half hours on the okay we would ride all the way down until it became sun and then we'd ride it back and ride the car the same direction and some of the shots um because we figured out the timing of the lights we actually were sitting still and we had a light outside and we're flashing it at the same height of the, oh, um, okay. <laughs> so and some some creative uh, adjustments there to, to and, keep yeah, it. Yeah, we had bounces in, inside, um, but nothing was dominant. So literally, it was like everybody was on the subway, and New Yorkers are cool, so they didn't pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. But Valentina, who shot it, um, genius moves, uh, glimmer glass and the mist frost filters made everything sparkle and... Instead of being on a, you know, anything that was a stabilizer, she shot it on a monopod. So instead of it being stable, we let the train move like if you were sitting watching this happen mm-hmm. with it. Once this was done and you created it all and everything, um, how many festivals did you submit it to? I f- 65. Okay, that's <laughs> that's quite a lot. I know not not a lot of people can can even afford uh, or you know have the time or anything to submit. When so I many. was originally doing this, um, our executive pro- producer uh, Danny Bushdeed, I said, "Look, we need money for the movie, but we need money for the festivals. That's part of our distribution package." Um, so w- it was budgeted into our project that we would need X amount of money for festivals we need x amount of money for music royalties so we were it was well thought out Um, and the sound actually the sound the designer for uh arrival uh worked at my graduate program and no he said you know what you have to do he says turn up the bass on everything like much louder than you would because the vibrations will be stronger so all of the music has been altered. So the bass levels are higher, not in a way that would alter the music, but when it comes through a speaker, you can feel it. The under 
line sound is actually the recording of the day we did backwards. Oh, so, <laughs> it's interesting. We played with everything. So how uh, how did you feel when you found out that it was uh, accepted at Cannes? The you know the, the very well known <laughs> Cannes festival. Talk. My editor had come down to visit because he works in both New York and L.A. So he drove down with his daughter because they were going to do a cross country trip. And I said, oh, we got a got a message for the festival. I think I did something wrong. I have to call him. He's like, call him. I'm like, no, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, like getting yeah. called down to the principal's office. You don't know no, if you won an award or you're getting expelled. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And then he took off. And then I made the call. They're like, oh, no, you're in the festival. And I had to sit down. Then I had to call him. And he had to pull over. He actually slammed on the brakes when I told him. And he's oh, like, wow. He's like, what? I said, yep. That's so exciting. And then we call the whole team and they're like, stop it. I was like, shit, I guess we got to go to France. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you went. I I, I saw you. Right. Had, we yeah. went through the accreditation process, which is cool because Ken sends you a little letter saying, and it's just their own your personal visa, like, be nice to these people. They're a part of our festival. And <laughs> it was it was a surreal experience. I maybe had four hours of free time. Okay. Well, I mean, I know we'd love to hear more about that experience. Um, obviously, it's much different from other festivals uh, in some respects. Like any other festival on the planet. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell us some of the differences that you noticed? Because I, I, I'm sure you've been to other festivals beyond this one. Um, one, it is there are rules. Like the dress code is a real thing. Mm. Uh, we actually hired a publicist. She's like, you're going to need one. I'm like, for what? They're like, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, trust and them. And he <laughs> lined up all of our itinerary, all the parties, all the events. And he said, make sure you are never seen in the same outfit twice. Our publicist was Josh Mitchell. Yay to Josh. Um, hopefully Josh will help us. Uh, we just submitted to Sundance because of the timing. We couldn't um, do a run for this year, but... We can get into Sundance. We're we're doing the Oscar run because the dress code. We we dressed. Uh, my editor said I just spent two thousand dollars just to go to this damn festival. What are you talking about? When we went there, um, I got surprised and I didn't really understand. I came out of my hotel and there were photographers taking pictures. Mm. All right, paparazzi is annoying after like five to ten years, but now still really really cool yeah <laughs> to have a bunch of people take your picture for the fun no celebrity care. experience yeah that's so no cool. <laughs> um, it was great my my partner and I, she we would walk down the street and she is definitely more attractive than i am and they would stop and take our pictures like and this is before we won so i was very confused and then when we won it was a whole different um thing uh the red carpet the premieres are the most terrifying things in the world there are 200 photographers, cameras, you're in a tuxedo, tuxedo shoes are notoriously slippery. Yeah, it was an experience. Well, it's a good a good uh, initial experience. If uh, as, as you continue to do work, you may be at, at bigger and bigger award shows more often. So, you know, I don't think they get bigger than this one. This one was huge. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, went to the palace and they said, you know, we spend twenty one million dollars a year on this festival. Wow. It is France is not kidding. Um, I I felt incredibly safe in the city. Um, they also had patrols of six and seven military walking through the streets. The food, oh, 
The only problem is you could spend the entire time and just eat the food and you'd be just as happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, wonderful experience no matter what, whether you win or not. But then you did win. So, well, first of all, I didn't realize it was a big deal that we're screening because we didn't know that we were in a jury category. We just thought we were screening. So when we screened. They're like, can you stay on stage? We're like, what for? And they announced the winner. And this is an actual quote. They said, and the winner is for best narrative short, Noisy. I turned to Daniel, who's my editor, and said, who are they talking about? He says, I don't know. I said, should we run? He says, I think we should. <laughs> my girlfriend, she has it recorded, but it's hysterical. We're like, what are they talking about? Like, I don't know. Oh, that, that true, that classic baffled that you won, can't we believe it so moment. We were baffled. We were like, and everybody else is like, oh, we knew you were going to win. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was better than expecting it so that you were completely, you didn't have time to have nerves before? Or do you know what I mean? Like, was it nice to just kind of organically be like, nothing's going to happen. And then when it does, you're like, oh, what a surprise. What a surprise. Yes. Um, I've been on stage and been teaching, so I'm used to it. So that doesn't really... But it just felt good for me to be mm-hmm. surprised. There's a picture of us walking off of the beach after they did a photo shoot. Favorite shoot of the whole festival. Because wow. we cannot stop laughing. Like, so wait a minute. Ooh, I picked up the phone. I said, hey, we're going to make a movie. And then we went to camp. And he said, that's how it rolls with you. I said, mm-hmm. that's what we do now. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I mean, I'm sure those those pictures are, are fantastic because you're just radiating with joy at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the picture after we're after we're done. It's it's a pretty fun picture. And well. we're going back next year. We're already started planning. We're like, knock it off. We're going back. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And you know, you know, you'll be prepared for all the food and the clothes and everything as well. And I think I'm gonna go a week early or stay a week later just to eat. I know that listeners have enjoyed hearing how truly that it really does live up to that being this extra level of a festival. A lot of work. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of work. Um, You can go there and just have fun, but it's a wasted opportunity. A lot of work, a lot of business cards, a lot of talking, um, a lot of weeding through people who who got in, who are accredited, but they're there for the experience, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, one of the biggest sales markets in the world. So business is being done. Right. Yeah. A fantastic networking opportunity. You're there with the creme de la creme. Yes. Well, speaking of the next event, um, what are some of the things you're working on next? We have a short short that just came out and it is six awards deep um, called Savage. We have a feature called Two Peas in a Pod, which is in its final... Yeah, it just needs its final mix. Uh, it's a feature. It's a short feature, 72 minutes, about sexual assault in a marriage. Um, documentary about Eric Honor's mother. So I got a couple of things. Yeah, a lot a lot coming up. Yeah, uh, when, they, you, when you say we, just to double check, um, are you talking about To and Fro, your production company? To and Fro. Um, Savage is strictly To and Fro. Um, what is it? Two Peas is to and fro, and Ballad of a Black Mother is a collaboration between to and fro or Cedric Hill Productions, however you want to list it. <laughs> uh, my, my, the company that I use when it's just me working, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Bailey, who won the student Oscars in 2007. Oh, 17. Fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully we'll do another one. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. the next interview is like, hey, how was the Oscars? It was wonderful. 
<laughs> That's true. Yes. Uh, could could we have you back on when when you win an Oscar so we can chat some more? You could not keep me away. Okay. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> also, I I know that you're teaching now as well. Is that something that you had been doing for a while, or is that relatively? Um, I've taught a class here. I've taught a class there. I never thought I was. I had enough practical knowledge and experience to teach full time. Um, but this year, I was like, I think I'm ready. And the minute I came to teach is when it, my life completely exploded. I said, I guess <laughs> oh, I am that's ready. life for you. Yeah. No, no, it was, it's perfect. So now, you know, the information is relevant. Um, the only thing I have to make sure I do is keep working. So we're shooting another feature in December during my break. So I, I try to keep it busy. Do you have any advice for filmmakers or storytellers in general? Cause I know you're, it's beyond film, the stuff that you do. Um, yeah. Um, biggest advice I can give to any creative is don't be able to, don't be afraid to fail, fail, fail often, fail big. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. when you really discover if you didn't right learn, the first yeah. time, you probably didn't do it right. So fail and realize it's, it, we don't live in a montage world. Like we don't do the montage and then we get to be a filmmaker. You get, you got to spend the time and the time is great because the time is really what, you know, informs you of what kind of artist you are. So don't look at the times like, oh, it's so much time. Enjoy it. Enjoy making things that are just for you. Enjoy things that are artistic because then you get to a certain level and it has to generate revenue and it stops becoming about solely the art and there's a financial component. So enjoy it. Um, make the beautiful things. Because, you know, I've done commercials, I've done TV, but the thing that has brought me the most joy and the most prestige is noisy. It's like a combination of all of it, a 10-minute nugget. It's like, so you want to know how I make movies? Here you go. <laughs> all the information you need to know right there. Well, that's great. That is some fantastic uh, wisdom you're passing along from all of your uh, years of experience and everything. So thank you again so, so much for, for chatting with us today. If anyone wants to learn more about you uh, or your work, where can they go online to find oh, out more? Um, you know, Of course, go to IMDb, or you can go to cedrichill.us. Or Instagram, which is chill2772. Um, I got to thank my parents for my first name and my last name because my email addresses are always cool as hell. <laughs> That's cool. true. Yeah, because with Cedric and Hill, it's definitely it's got chill right in there. I noticed that as well. It's very, very cool. I am jealous. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents thought it thought in advance. So even at school, my email address is chill1 at su.edu. That's so cool. We will put all this stuff in the show notes as well. But um, thank you again. And congratulations again on, on the win. Noisy was wonderful. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else happens with it. And, and hopefully more and more people will be able to see it uh, easily very soon. Yes. And I just joined Women in Film. Welcome to the WIF family. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you for listening to Media and Monuments, a service of Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Please remember to review, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. For more information about WIF, please visit our website at WIF as in Frank, V as in Victor, dot org. That's a wrap.